Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, the EU proposes a big new regulatory framework for AI. A ransomware gang threatens to release Apple product schematics unless they get paid off. Fallout from yesterday's Apple event, including what you can and cannot put on your AirTags. Netflix has disappointed Wall Street, and Amazon is expanding its Pay With Your Palm program to more Whole Foods locations. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. The European Union is proposing strict AI rules banning what it calls high-risk uses of AI, such as in cases of mass surveillance. Now, in the title of the show today, I suggested that this is the equivalent of a new GDPR program, and that's not strictly true, as GDPR, of course, deals with different things like personal user data and privacy. But still, this would be a European-style regulatory regime that would do things like fine non-compliant companies up to 6% of annual global revenues. Sounds quite a bit like GDPR, quoting the Wall Street Journal. The European Union's executive arm proposed a bill Wednesday that would create a list of so-called high-risk uses of AI that would be subject to new supervision and standards for their development and use, such as critical infrastructure, college admissions, and loan applications. Regulators could fine a company up to 6% of its annual worldwide revenue for the most severe violations, though in practice, EU officials rarely, if ever, meet out their maximum fines. The bill is one of the broadest of its kind to be proposed by a Western government and part of the EU's expansion of its role as a global tech enforcer. Quote, our regulation addresses the human and societal risks associated with specific uses of AI, said Margith Vestager, executive vice president of the European Commission, the EU's executive arm. Quote, we think this is urgent. We are the first on this planet to suggest this legal framework, end quote. Wednesday's proposal faces a long road and potential changes before it becomes law. In the EU, such laws must be approved by both the European Council, representing the bloc's 27 national governments, and the directly elected European Parliament, which can take years. Some digital rights activists, while applauding parts of the proposed legislation, said other elements appear too vague and offer too many loopholes. Some others, aligned with industry, argued that the EU's proposal would give an advantage to companies in China which wouldn't face them. Quote, it's going to make it prohibitively expensive or even technologically infeasible to build AI in Europe, said Benjamin Muller, a senior policy analyst at the Center for Data Innovation, part of a tech-aligned think tank. Quote, the U.S. and China are going to look on with amusement as the EU kneecaps its own startups, end quote. Instagram is rolling out tools to filter out abusive DMs based on keywords and emojis and to block users along with any new accounts that they might create after running afoul of these new rules. Quoting TechCrunch, Instagram is introducing a new way for people to further shield themselves from harassment in their direct messages, specifically in message requests by way of a new set of words, phrases, and emojis that might signal abusive content, which will also include common misspellings of those key terms, sometimes used to try to evade the filters. Second, it's giving users the ability to proactively block people even if they try to contact the user in question over a new account. The blocking account feature is going live globally in the next few weeks, Instagram said, and it confirmed to me that the feature to filter out abusive DMs will start rolling out in the UK, France, Germany, Ireland, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand in a few weeks' time before becoming available in more countries over the next few months. Instagram said that the feature to filter DMs for abusive content, not scan, the company was clear to point out, 
will be based on a list of words and emojis that Facebook compiles with the help of anti-discrimination and anti-bullying organizations. It did not specify which ones, along with terms and emojis that you might add in yourself. And to be clear, it has to be turned on proactively rather than being made available by default. Why? More user license, it seems, and to keep conversations private if users want them to be. We want to respect people's privacy and give people control over their experiences in a way that works best for them, a spokesperson said, pointing out that this is similar to how its comment filters also work. It will live in settings, then privacy, then hidden words for those who will want to turn on the control, end quote. Often when Apple holds an event, the next day we see little drips and drabs that might have fallen through the cracks make headlines. For example, I didn't get to squeeze it in yesterday, but Tim Cook revealed during the event yesterday that Apple is now selling more M1 Macs than Intel-based models, despite the M1 models being released just this past November. And remember, when I noted yesterday that the AirTags were sort of not standalone products, unless you could, say, slip them in a bag or a pocket or something, you basically needed an accessory to attach the tags to anything. Well, we're getting a look at those accessories, and some of them cost more than the AirTags themselves do, often a bit more, quoting 9to5Mac. Users can easily place AirTag into a bag or pocket on its own or utilize a wide range of Apple-designed AirTag accessories, including the polyurethane loop, which is both lightweight and durable, and the leather loop and leather keyring, featuring specially tanned European leather. The enclosure of each accessory fits securely around AirTag while conveniently attaching to a user's belongings, further personalizing AirTag while making sure it is always with their important items. Apple-designed AirTag accessories include the leather keyring and saddle brown, product red, and Baltic blue for $35, the leather loop in saddle brown and product red for $39, and the polyurethane loop in white, deep navy, sunflower, and electric orange for $29, end quote. And that doesn't even take into account the Hermes lineup, which can start at $300 for various luxury loops and whatnot. And I think I briefly mentioned it yesterday, but you can customize the AirTags themselves. Apple will engrave anything on them, words, even emojis, well, almost anything, quoting Mashable. The available characters include black, gray when engraved, and white circle symbols with letters and numbers, as well as typed characters and the same limited range of emojis. Four smileys, four gestures, 13 real animals, six fictional creatures, the skull, and the iconic smiling poop. These emojis have been available on AirPod cases since last year. As with AirPod case engraving, there are a few emoji combos that are out of bounds. Certain animals, followed by the poop emoji, are officially too rude, so you can't nickname your AirTags Horse S or Dog S, Pig S, or Bull S. You can say S Horse, though. Chicken S, however, is fine as are the S's of all the other non-humanoid options, alien, unicorn, ghost, robot, cat, alien, skull, tiger, dragon, monkey, sheep, bunny, snake, mouse, and bear. That last one could work. Honey, did you lose your keys again? Do bears S in the woods? Now where's my phone? 
Of course, you can express yourself using actual letters, too. Choose from either the alphabetical symbols or just type in your chosen words, as long as those words made the list of approved character combinations, which draws some pretty bizarre lines in the shifting sands of public decency. If you don't like swearing, you're going to have a bad time with the rest of this post, so maybe tap out now. Although, editor's note, I'm going to try to maybe spell some of them out. The classics, obviously, S, P, I, S, S, F-U-C, you know what, and the mighty C-bomb are right out. These are the words I say the most when I'm hunting for the stuff I always lose because I am both disorganized and Australian, so this is something that I might actually have done. However, Apple will kindly let you cuss with a classical Latin twist. You can replace the U with a V in F-V-C-K and... C-V-N-T will sneak through the filter. Replacing the letter I with an exclamation point will do the same in every word I tried. If you wish to honor your penchant for the scatological, you can engrave your air tag with fart, bum, butt, and even anal, as well as pee, but not ass, arse, poop, or poo. But hey, that's what the poop emoji is there for, right? And quote. Meanwhile, I think we mentioned this obliquely recently, but Tile, the very company whose signature product these new AirTags are looking to, shall we say, disrupt, is testifying before Congress today to discuss monopoly and anti-competitive issues. Quoting TechCrunch, Ahead of AirTags launch, Apple moved to head off any sort of anti-competitive claims by opening up access to its Find My app to third parties. It even partnered with a Tile competitor, the Chipolo One Spot, to serve as proof that it's giving other lost items finders that compete with AirTag on equal footing on its iPhone platform. But Tile's argument to date has been that it doesn't want to give up the direct relationship it has with customers via its own iOS app, to instead support Apple's Find My users, and that Apple's mere decision to enter this market with its own item locating tracker will allow it to easily dominate because of its first-party advantage and ecosystem power. Tile had previously testified before Congress about Apple's alleged anti-competitive behavior back in 2020, and will now do so again on Wednesday alongside other Apple critics, including Match and Spotify." End quote. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance, so literally no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed credible doctors and specialists. I have personally used ZocDoc to find a podiatrist when I needed one for the first time ever in my life. Go to ZocDoc.com slash techmeme and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash tech meme zocdoc.com slash tech meme when you go through airport security there's one line where the tsa agent checks your id and another line where a machine scans your bag the same thing happens in enterprise security but instead of passengers and luggage it's end users and their devices 
These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation, where they check user identity. But user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months, or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. This is something that I've never heard before. A ransomware gang known as Revil, R-E-V-I-L, R-E-V-I-L, claims to have breached the computers of a major Apple contractor called Quantic Computer and is threatening to leak Apple product schematics unless a ransom is paid to them. Quoting the record, The Revil crew claims it came into possession of Apple product data after breaching Quanta Computer, a Taiwanese company that is the biggest laptop manufacturer in the world, and which is also one of the companies that assembles official Apple products based on pre-supplied product designs and schematics. The Revil gang posted 21 screenshots depicting MacBook schematics and threatened to publish new data every day until Apple or Quanta paid the ransom demand. Furthermore, the ransomware gang also hinted that the data of other companies might also be leaked online. Our team is negotiating the sale of large quantities of confidential drawings and gigabytes of personal data with several major brands, the Revil operators wrote. We recommend that Apple buy back the available data by May 1st, end quote. Known customers of Quanta Computer include some of the biggest laptop vendors in the world, such as HP, Dell, Microsoft, Toshiba, LG, Lenovo, and many others. A source familiar with the Quanta negotiations said the Revil gang asked for a $50 million ransom, similar to the sum they requested from laptop maker Acer last month. It is unclear how much money the Revil gang is expecting from Apple now, end quote. It certainly looks like this was timed to coincide with yesterday's spring-loaded Apple event, but I can't see Apple paying any ransom to anyone, can you? Apple said it had no comment as it was looking into the matter. Tech earnings season is back in swing, led as always by Netflix, whose stock is trading down as much as 8% as I record this this morning on the back of their earnings report. Why? Well, basically, Netflix had to tell Wall Street, we signed up everyone during the pandemic, so don't expect us to be able to find a whole bunch of new subscribers for a while. Quoting Bloomberg, The streaming service added far fewer new customers than Wall Street expected in the first three months of 2021, even missing its own forecast by millions of subscribers. And the current quarter will be more challenging, Netflix said Tuesday, predicting a gain of just 1 million new customers, or a fraction of the 4.44 million projected by analysts. Netflix blamed a COVID-19 pull-forward effect, meaning the pandemic accelerated its growth in 2020 while everyone was stuck at home and needed something to watch. Now that surge is taking a 
toll on the company's 2021 results. It really boils down to COVID, Spencer Newman, the company's chief financial officer, said on the webcast, end quote. In a statement, Netflix said, quote, We believe paid membership growth slowed due to the big COVID-19 pull forward in 2020 and a lighter content slate in the first half of this year due to COVID-19 production delays, the company said. We continue to anticipate a strong second half with the return of new seasons of some of our biggest hits and an exciting film lineup. In the short term, there is some uncertainty from COVID-19. In the long term, the rise of streaming to replace linear TV around the world is the clear trend in entertainment, end quote. Yes, but also because it is the clear trend, there's a ton of competition in this space now. Something to watch, of course. Finally today, Amazon is bringing its Palm Reader payments system to a Whole Foods location in Seattle and says it's going to roll that out to seven more stores in the coming months. So forget about Tapping to pay, this is, what, give me five to pay? Quoting CNBC, Amazon One, which debuted in September and is currently in use at at about a dozen Amazon physical stores, allows shoppers to pay for items by placing their palm over a scanning device. The first time shoppers use the kiosk, they have to insert a credit card to link it with their palm print. But after that, shoppers can pay simply by holding their hand over the kiosk. Amazon One is distinct from the company's Just Walk Out, technology, which allows shoppers to pick up items and walk out of the store without going through a checkout line. However, the two technologies can work together, and Amazon employs them both at its cashierless Amazon Go stores. Amazon will initially roll out Amazon One at the Whole Foods in Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood, not far from the company's headquarters, before launching the system at seven Seattle-area Whole Foods in coming months. Amazon has said it hopes to sell the palm scanning technology to other companies like retailers, stadiums, and office buildings. Last September, Amazon said it was in active discussions with several potential customers. It's unclear whether Amazon has signed any agreements with third parties interested in using the system, the company says thousands of people have signed up to use it at Amazon stores, end quote. We had a fantastic Twitter space last night that you'll, of course, get to hear this weekend. Got way deep into the Apple event with a lot of really cool folks. And also that Apple Podcasts subscription news, which obviously I didn't want to go into too much here today. But if you're curious about what I think about that, yeah, listen, I am not exactly thrilled. Anyway, have a listen to this once again and talk to you tomorrow. Are you an online retailer? Are you growing in the current e-commerce boom? Or have your attempts at scaling fallen flat? Rob Bettis is an independent digital marketer who helps boutique e-commerce brands build bigger, better businesses online with paid media. Unlike agencies who are all about scale, Rob works with a limited number of businesses, managing advertising on Google, Facebook, Instagram, ensuring every client gets the attention and expertise they deserve. Since starting his solo practice, Rob has managed $2.5 million in paid media and generated an average return on ad spend of over 600% for his clients. And he wants to do the same for you. If you want to build a bigger, better e-commerce brand, contact Rob at robbettis.com or click the link in the show notes. That's Rob Bettis, B-E-T-T-I-S dot com, robbettis.com.